a lot of these deals have been out for weeks in many cases, customers still went into stores because they like to see the product in person. They like to leave with the product in their hand and really mm. quench the thirst for that instant gratification. Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, along with my podcast partner, Shelley Cohan. We welcome Angela Thompson, principal of Thompson Marketing Consulting out of Columbus, Ohio. She has been closely studying Black Friday since 2017. Oh, boy. <laughs> and still loves the thrill of going into the stores on the actual shopping holiday. So I, on the other hand, like to stay far away from the stores on Black Friday. But I have to say, you know, as the season has creeped backwards into October, and I believe I remember some people saying right at the end of July, they were going to start thinking about holiday gifting and so forth. Um, anyway, I find the crazy days of uh, actual door busters and insurmountable crowd, crowds, um, I think, is a thing of the past. But anyway, uh, on to the topic at hand. Angela, welcome to our podcast. And, and before we jump into your findings this year, I have to ask you, have you already started your holiday shopping? And if so, when did you start? Well, thank you for having me today, Robin and Shelley. Yeah. I have started my holiday shopping. And yes, I love Black Friday. Um, to answer <laughs> your question, Robin, you know, as you mentioned, the season started earlier. It started in the middle of October. Amazon and yeah. other mass retailers started offering these early deals. And I certainly started checking off the gifts on my holiday list. But there is nothing quite like the thrill of going into stores on Black Friday. I love the hustle and the bustle of the tradition and the ritual of this appointment shopping day. I'm a huge fan of Black Friday. You and millions of others. I mean, the Black Friday numbers came out really strong. I know we'll talk about those probably a little bit later, but I, I have to add here, Angela, you've actually been literally studying the consumer behavior for the past 13 years. And you work with a lot of different companies, different size companies, uh, primarily on the marketing functions and inclusive of marketing strategy, competitive analysis, patterning, persona development, which is one of my personal favorite things, qualitative, quantitative market research. So you have a wealth of experience in this particular field. So tell us, what did you see this year and how did retailers really drive customers into the stores or online on Black Friday this year specifically? Yeah, so despite mixed reports, prior to the day, Black Friday is still a very important shopping day, both online, but also in store. I, I visited Easton Town Center in Columbus, Ohio, and the stores were far more crowded than recent mm. post-COVID years. Uh, by mid-morning, the parking lots were packed. Stores were already experiencing lines at the cash wrap. 10 to 40 people deep, wow. depending on the retailer. And, and, and while a lot of these deals have been out for weeks in many cases, customers still went into stores because they like to see the product in person. They like to leave 
with the product in their hand and really mm. quench the thirst for that instant gratification. Um, you know, we can ask, well, listen, you, you've got these deals online. They're available. Why would consumers even go into the store? Um, and certainly with an early start to the holiday season, they've had access to a lot of these deals, but we like to touch and feel the merchandise, smell the candles, see the hue of the beauty product. Mm. And there are store-specific promos that retailers executed very successfully. couple examples, Old Navy has been having daily deals since the beginning of November. I walk into Old Navy about 10 a.m. and the store is packed. The cash wrap has 40 people lined up really? for a $5 PJ pant promotion. And well, I asked the associates and they said, it's been jammed since 8.30 a.m. Well, PJ pants are what all the kids are wearing to school, to social occasions. I mean, it's got to be the hottest thing out there, right? <laughs> right. And it was a reason to come into the store and make a purchase. And while I, while I was looking around at the cash wrap, I guarantee you folks were leaving with more than just one $5 PJ pant. Right? They're buying wow. all those other things that they're seeing. Well, you know, yeah, this is kind of surprising. I mean, uh, particularly for, for Old Navy, but because they've been in kind of a, a jam. I mean, they're not doing too well. But um, but th does this behavior compare at all to the years past? And, uh, you know, maybe you can give our audience some specific examples which you kind of did, you know, for large mass retailers and, and the smaller specialty stores. I mean, on a kind of a macro view of it all, which you're out there doing, um, is there, are we going back to the door busters and the, and the uh, you know, long lines, it sounds like? I think it depends on the product. So when it, it comes to, hard goods that a mass retailer is offering, consumers don't necessarily need to get in the store to touch and feel an Xbox or the Dyson vacuum. They're ordering online. They're snapping it up as soon as it's online. And when I was in mass retailers, they were less, um, less crowded. Really? Okay. Compared to specialty retailers and especially premium specialty retailers, Abercrombie & Fitch, Madewell, Lily Pulitzer, brands that traditionally askew discounting were providing it an all-store percentage off. And that's where consumers start to realize, I can get a deal in a hot brand where that overall retail pricing has been going upwards. I'm going to go there. I want to mm. see it. I want to I want to touch and feel the merchandise and I want to walk away with my purchases even if it was a lower percentage than many years ago. You know, maybe 3 4 years ago it was 50% off, 40% off, but 25% off sounds really good mm. when those prices have been going up. I think the other thing that um, is really cool about the holidays is the beauty sector and the gifts, the gift sets yes. that you that only come out for holidays. So I know Ulta Beauty was packed, Sephora is packed, and part yes. of that's driven by 
hey, I'm going to get a gift set that I can't get another part of the year. And the other part is like you said, you know, 20% off a brand that you can never get 20% off. Like that's something to get me out of bed and into a store for sure. <laughs> but I, yeah, I want to I go mean, back. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say the beauty brands were absolutely jammed. Ulta and Sephora packed cash wrap lines, 20 plus people deep. And there were a lot of younger shoppers Yes, in that store. And they are experimenting with products. They're snapping up those gift sets, which may or may not even be on sale, but it's, oh. it's a mm. ritual to go out on Black Friday and go with family and friends, have that appointment shopping. And it really gives you a reason to get out to the store it's yeah. a good excuse to cross the lease line, get in it there is. and find the beauty products. It totally is. I want to go back to something Robin said earlier, and I'm going to be honest here, um, that when Robin was describing these years of the past Black Friday events, I had some major flashbacks. So I was literally running stores on the operational side. And we all know gearing up for Black Friday has always been this massive operational undertaking you know, tables in the aisles. This is well before ADA came around. Our mentality at Macy's was stack it high, watch it fly. <laughs> and <laughs> of yeah. course, you have all the staffing challenges, trying to staff to customer traffic and demands that landed on one day. That was a challenge. And now we're looking back today and we say, what the heck were we thinking back then? There's nothing safe or shopper journey friendly about that model of putting everything in one day. So enough of my walk down memory lane here. <laughs> well, well, the you know the but you're so right. I mean, the operational execution and, and promotional strategies have certainly uh, changed over the past few years, and really took a turn the year of the pandemic. Of course, um, one big cause of of this major shift was when Amazon during the during the pandemic had to move its annual July prime days to October, mostly due to the issues um, that year with supply chain, mm -hmm. which was horrible, uh, and the rapid shift of, uh, of consumer product demands. But let's go back to a few years leading up to the pandemic. Angela, you know, you have been studying Black Friday activity since 2017. So tell us, how has the season overall changed uh, since you began closely uh, monitoring it? So it has changed from this cascade really concentrated for a few days into this drip that started uh, mid-October and largely driven by that post-COVID uh, behavior and that shift of prime days to mid-October and, and seeing uh, retailers really drive consumers to store on Black Friday. Then, then the evening of Thanksgiving Day, then a little earlier on Thanksgiving Day. And then they started sharing what was going to be happening on those days the week before. Uh, yeah. In fact, one um, communication from Walmart around that time allowed for consumers to find their local store and plan their route on the app to find the doorbusters of their choice. And, and when you think about that now, um, that rush to get in the store, the lining up early, it, it's it just seems like it was so far, so long ago. It really wasn't, but we're not going back there. We, yeah. We're going to continue right. to see this sort of spreading out 
of retail specifically directed at the holidays, whether or not it will always start as early as October remains to be seen. Well, I actually think this drip of promotions actually helps consumers with budgeting efforts, especially when we see those promotions start early October. And from an operational perspective, obviously, it helps with managing the store environment. And lastly, it helps retailers get an early read on holiday shopping demands, right? What's popular by market? And so it can better allocate the rest of the season. But here's some interesting data points to back up this shift in shopping from November, December into October. And some of these actually might surprise you. So if we look at like total retail sales, this is minus automobiles and gasoline, the shift from 2019 to last year, 2022, was about $7.5 billion going into October. Wow. So surprisingly, however, wow. the 0.5% increase actually came out of December, not November. That was for 2022. So while we're moving Black Friday earlier in the calendar, it's really taking sales out of December. But if you look back to 2022 versus 2021, the shift came out of both November and December, slightly more out of November. So no surprise here with this next data fact is the non-store. So non-store includes e-com, S-com, M-com, catalog. Those are the largest categories in non-store. The shift is nearly $3 billion. And coming out of November directly into October, and that is definitely driven by October Prime Day, the Amazon Prime Day that happens there. So um, department stores and discount stores coming out of the pandemic for both segments, you know, one to two percent of its holiday sales from November, December are in October. But interesting, <clears throat> last year, they really haven't experienced a great shift out of November, December. These are dis dis discount stores and department stores. Huh. And on the other hand, especially fashion stores, so apparel, accessories, shoes, also, department stores, they actually have an escalation of sales from October, November, then December, meaning that in October, they do about 27% of their holiday sales. In November, it's north of 30%, but most of the sales for especially fashion stores is in December, and that accounts for about 43% of the total holiday sales. So, and here's one category that shifted sales the reverse, shifted out of October into November, December. Uh, <laughs> let me guess on that one, Shelley. It must be restaurants and bars, right? More people going out in December. Yep. So that's exactly right, Robin. So this creep of holiday that everyone talks about is real and mm -hmm. really has moved up the calendar. Angela, what, uh, what would you recommend retailers do to reflect on this extended time period? I mean, you know, analyze the consumer's behavior over this extended time. And do you have any words of wisdom from the rest of the holiday season uh, for retailers and brands? Yeah, absolutely. Analyzing consumer behavior over this longer period of time, where and when they engage is mm. absolutely crucial, especially as we're seeing this um introduction of deals and discounts and promotions earlier? Uh, does the consumer continue to remain engaged? Do they get overwhelmed and start to sort of fall back away from the brand? It'd be really important to understand where they um, where they lean in 
And as you mentioned, you know, they have to keep their eye on their budgets this holiday season. So, so capturing the dollars throughout a, a longer time period, perhaps retailers who have been pulsing those promotions for a longer period of time may see a benefit. Um, keeping the pedal to the metal, there are a lot of shopping days left. And while most retailers have probably baked their promotional strategy and have it in place, you know, is it you know, worth revisiting? Are there is there any wiggle room um, to consider adjusting and having that ongoing drip for the remainder of the holiday season to reflect retail in general? Uh, and what does that mean from a bottom line perspective? And and don't forget Super Saturday, as we call mm. it, December twenty third. Uh, will really help rope in those last-minute shoppers as well. Yeah, I think Black Friday is the number one busiest uh, shopping day, and Super Saturday is the second one this year. I know it changes slightly every year. Did I get that right, Angela? I, I, You've got it. I've heard the exact same thing the data has, has spoken. Right. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. And I know retailers are always trying to project, protect the margin. So they want to make as much possible from a gross margin standpoint. Mm. Consumers want to spend the least possible. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of getting to the balance of, you know, both, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I always like to put our guests on the spot. So I'm going to ask <laughs> you to look at your crystal ball. Tell okay. us, what are your predictions for 2024? Okay, so... Good question. Again that evaluation of the omni-channel strategy to really provide incentives for consumers to shop all possible channels. And thinking about how uh, mobile strategy, how web strategy can keep those consumers in the brand on an ongoing basis, but then also during these appointment shopping opportunities, these ritual shopping days, how do you get them in-store with in-store only promos? How do you make it worth their while and um, understand what they need as consumers to align with your brand? I think at the end of the day, the end of the shopping day, Black Friday is going to remain important. And um, I think the drip's not going to go away, but we're going to continue to see Black Friday as an important day on the calendar for consumers to spend and check off their holiday gifts. Well, I think that's a really good assessment uh, going to 2024, because I don't think any of us know, you know, the world's kind of unhinged right now in so many ways. But um, um, I, think, I think the way you, um, you know, kind of laid everything out, quite logical. And uh, I just want to thank you so much for being here today. You know, it was not only an enlightening experience for me, but but it was also kind of great fun going back in time, remembering the more traditional Black Friday before e-commerce, of course, and the pandemic, you know, which turned the world upside down in so many ways. So anyway, thanks again, uh, Angela. Great seeing you, and thanks so much for your knowledge in this area. Thank you. And Angela, if our guests want to reach out to you, what's the best place to find you? Oh, yeah. They can find me, of course, on LinkedIn, Angela Thompson, or on my website, <coughs> thompsonmarketingconsulting.com. 
I have reports from many years of Black Friday patterning um, for those who are interested in accessing that information. And of course, I would be more than happy to talk to anybody about Black Friday and the experience I've had in stores over the years. I'm sure. I'm sure you can teach them a lot about the next uh, six weeks, right? <laughs> We're not done yet. As you said, oh, there's a lot. Of We're not done yet. Left, right. So no, we've got plenty <laughs> of time left in this holiday season. So thank you so much for being here. It's great having you here. For our listeners, you can find more of our podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and of course, therobinreport.com. And please follow us on social media. Link in with us for the latest thoughts about the industry. And I want to thank everybody again, including Angela and our audience. Um, and as I mentioned every Friday, uh, if you've got an idea or topic that you would love Shelly and I to cover, just send me an email, robin at therobinreport.com. And thanks again, everybody.